Welcome to day 30 of Shaped by the Word. I'm Paul Kemp. I am here with uh, Cindy Kemp and David Keefe. Hey, guys. Hello. And we are reading through the Gospel of Luke together. It has been a fun journey through the Gospel of Luke. We've watched how Luke, you know, takes the Gospel, uh, brings the Old Testament into the New Testament, uses major themes, you know, to bring together his portrait of Christ. And one of the big themes, you know, that we see are how outsiders are recognizing something in Jesus that insiders are missing altogether. So there's a great reversal that's taking place in the Gospel of Luke as, uh, you know, from the very beginning as Jesus introduces his ministry, his ministry is to preach good news to the poor. And of course, uh, Mary and her song, Rejoicing Over the Coming, of Jesus said he has filled the poor with good things and the rich have often walked away empty. Mm-hmm. So you see those themes, you know, today as we continue in Luke chapter 14. Uh, Luke uses the convention of the journey to Jerusalem, you know, as a picture of his invitation for us to follow him in the way. So as he goes to Jerusalem, you're going to see some very incredible teaching on discipleship and invitation for us, you know, to give up everything that we have in order to follow him. And we don't realize it, the disciples don't realize it, but the path that we're following leads to a cross. So before we uh, begin Luke chapter 14 today, let's offer this moment to the Lord. David, do you mind doing that for us? No, I don't. Let's pray. Father, again, we thank you so much for time in your word. And we do ask that as we look to your scriptures, that you, through the power of your spirit, would be at work in our hearts and in our lives. Help us to see Jesus for who he is. Help us to see the call that he has put on us as his people and as his disciples. And may we in your strength move forward um, for your glory and our joy today. We pray this all in the great name of Jesus. Thank you, David. In Luke chapter 14, we begin in verse 1. One Sabbath, when Jesus went to eat in the house of a prominent Pharisee, he was being carefully watched. There in front of him was a man suffering from abnormal swelling of his body. Jesus asked the Pharisees and experts in the law, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? They remained silent. So taking hold of the man, he healed him and sent him on his way. Then he asked them, if one of you has a child or an ox and falls into a well on the Sabbath day, will you not immediately pull it out? And they had nothing to say. When he noticed how the guests picked the places of honor at the table, he told them this parable. When someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honor for a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. If so, the host who invited both of you will come and say to you, give this person your seat. Then humiliated, you'll have to take the least important place. But when you're invited, take the lowest place so that when your host comes, he will say to you, friend, move up to a better place. Then you'll be honored in the presence of all the other guests. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Then Jesus said to the host, When you give a luncheon or dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers or sisters, your relatives, or your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back, and so you'll be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, then you'll be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. When one of those at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, Blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. Jesus replied, A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent a servant to tell those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. They all like began to make excuses. The first said, I've just bought a field and must go and see it. Please excuse me. 
Another said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen. I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. Servant came back and reported to this to his master. The owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant to go out quickly into the streets and the alleys and the towns and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who are invited will get a taste of my banquet. Large crowds were traveling with Jesus and turning to them, he said, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, such a person cannot be my disciple and whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Once you first sit down and estimate the cost to see whether you have enough money to complete it. For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying, This person began to build and wasn't able to finish. Suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Won't he first sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? If he is not able, he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and for ask for terms of peace. The same way, those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples. Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's fit neither for the soil nor the manure pile that is thrown out. Whoever has ears, let them hear. So we have two wonderful settings of you know banquets, uh, but the banquets are kind of foreboding. Uh, I realize that while there is a great invitation to the banquet, there are many who will not enter it. And then, of course, Jesus makes high demands of those who, who come to the banquet. And a lot of times, you know, when we hear the words of Jesus, they're far more stark than, uh, you know, what we often, you know, what we often think, the, you know, the gospel is. We often think the gospel is, a, you know, a response to Jesus that, you know, secures our eternal salvation. But the invitation of the gospel is not, you know, just to pray a prayer and, you know, to go to heaven. And the invitation of the gospel is to, well, as Jesus said, to give up everything you have and, and, and follow him. And that just almost makes you gulp when you hear it. Mm-hmm. Uh, apart from his enabling us, you know, to follow him, there's no way we could ever, you know, follow him. So as you read this passage, what are some of the things that, uh, uh, if I haven't given it all away already, no, it, what are some of the things you know that stand out to you? <laughs> well, you know, in chapter fourteen, to what you're saying, Paul. Well, I actually made the mistake this week of reading some David Platt, um, and if you haven't read him <laughs> lately, he radical. <laughs> he's, he's, he's a great author, and yeah, and stay and away from you know, stay away from David Platt, yeah. Francis Chan. Yeah, they'll, they'll <laughs> mess your life guys, up a little bit, yeah, just like you know, Jesus does even more here. And yeah, so yeah. if you think his Platt's words are powerful, look at Jesus's, but. He was making this really cool distinction how, you know, often as Christians, we like to sometimes call ourselves, you know, followers of Jesus. And, and I think a lot of us just quickly identify with that. And mm-hmm. then he put this great caveat right after he was kind of describing what it means to be a Christian is to be a follower of Jesus. He goes, however, it's not to follow a Jesus of our own imagination or a Jesus of our own creation, yeah. mm-hmm. but the Jesus of the Bible. Mm-hmm. And what a huge distinction that is. And that's been something that's been resonating with me mm-hmm. all week. Mm-hmm. And then we obviously see the Jesus of the Bible right here in Luke 14, mm-hmm. who cares for the suffering man, who invites tons of people to the banquet, but then goes after those who have been forgotten and left out. Mm-hmm. And then obviously how he um, 
calls us to be disciples, um, the devotion that he requires. And mm-hmm. that's the Jesus of the Bible. And that's not always the Jesus, if I'm honest, I'm probably following. And so this has been very mm-hmm. challenging. Mm-hmm. As I consider my own life, what I do identify as a follower of Christ. So am I looking to the scriptures to find what that actually is? Because that's a huge calling here in, in Luke 14. No, if you look at you know, verse 33, which is the summary uh, you know, of the section on discipleship in the same way, those of you who do not give up everything you have mm-hmm. cannot, cannot be my disciples. Mm-hmm. So it is a it is a huge call, and uh, it is a breathtaking. Uh, you know, Dietrich Bonhoeffer you know wrote a you know a, a chapter in his book on discipleship called Costly Grace. He said mm-hmm. it's costly because it costs. Cost us everything we have. It's grace because it gives us the only thing worth having, mm-hmm. and uh, that is, you know, the life we find in Christ. And that's what Jesus is inviting us to. He's not inviting us to, you know, give up detachments to the things of the world, uh, you know, because uh, you know he just wants to make it as hard as possible to follow him. He's inviting us to give up, you know, detachments to the things of this world because these are things that will never satisfy. And he's asking us to let go. You know, of, of things that are common graces in order to receive the major grace. And uh, it's a huge invitation, you know, that he gives us. So he starts off again, you know, just bantering with the Pharisees a little yeah, bit. Did yeah, that always yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, so there's a guy with major swelling. I know. Uh, or, yeah, we call it edema. You know, his heart's yeah. failing, his kidneys are failing, you know, he's kind of bloated. He's very not well. He's yes. very not well. Mm-hmm. And uh, he just brings him up and he says, ah, what do you think? Mm-hmm. Sabbath? Mm-hmm. Do we heal or not? And everybody's, I, I'm not going to answer that question. Well, and they've he had said, some yeah. <laughs> record with him. Yeah. 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 He says, well, if you have a kid and he falls in a well, would you, would you pick him out? Or even an ox and he falls in the well, mm-hmm. you know, wouldn't you, you know, get I'm him I'm sorry, out? son, it's a Sabbath. <laughs> okay, see you next day. Yeah. See, see him. yeah. And it's interesting to me that, you know, uh, they might have picked, done their own picking and choosing who should be healed on the Sabbath, they would not have chosen that man. He sounded like he was in a really bad way and maybe on his deathbed, but Jesus loving him, you know, um, healed him. And then he kind of flipped that on them and said, well, wouldn't you do the same for your child? Or if it was a, you know, a a special ox, but we're all special to Christ, you know, and that's um, when we might look away or not choose to serve someone, Christ always did that for us. It's so amazing there. And then you have this uh, where the guests are, you know, and we don't we don't get this as much as uh, you know we could in this culture. But these banquets, mm-hmm. you know, that are hosted are big social events and big networking events. And so this is where you you would go in a city and you would go to a prominent you know, person's house. And this is where you would find out how you stood in the city by where they seated you. And not only where they seated you in these banquets, sometimes if you were sitting at you know, the tables far off, you, you wouldn't even get the same food. You, you wouldn't even get you know, the, the food that you got would kind of not. Down to the hot dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're at the kids' and table water. over here oh, eating hot dogs table, and yeah. everybody else is you know, uh, eating these, these, good, you know, these good things. And he's noticing how people are jockeying for position or status. And he said, you know, uh, go to the lowest place and let someone else exalt you. Mm-hmm. And, and, of course, that's yeah. the invitation that God gives us to uh, go to the lowest place and let him exalt us, you know, in due time. And that's a great reversal that we've 
been talking about Absolutely. every single day is mm-hmm. that's what he says there in 11 uh, 14 11 for all those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted which is very similar to what he just said in yesterday's passage in 1330 indeed there are those who those who are last will be first and the first will be last and so again just that humble reversal of the kingdom is is what jesus is calling us to and then he goes into a parable of a banquet mm-hmm. uh, after he had you know after he uh, you know he had said this uh, you know after he had you know, addressed you know the issue there and he uh, tells him when you give a lunch and invite you know invite those who can't repay you right. which again is what the gospel is who the gospel is being extended to the poor mm-hmm. the crippled the blind and the poor whenever John the Baptist comes to him he says just, just know this Mm-hmm. You know the, the outsiders are being restored, so the kingdom of God is is here, and so he he gives that, and then he tells a parable, and you know, and someone hearing him say this, you know, you'll be rewarded at the resurrection of the righteous. So how cool it's going to be, you know, to be at that banquet. And Jesus, says, you may not be there, yeah, not because you haven't been invited, but because you didn't respond to the invitation. And so you have, you know, these excuses, I bought a field, I have a new yoke of, you know, five new wow. yoke of oxen, that's pretty cool. <laughs> and uh, I, I just got with married. <laughs> and right. if you go back to the Old Testament, all of those were excuses not to serve in the military. Mm-hmm. And uh, just that those excuses don't apply here. Uh, you know, following me is, you know, not, not something that's optional or not something that you can set aside. It, it's, you know, really all or nothing. And it sets, you know, sets up, you know, that final... You know that final invitation. The crowds are following him. He looks back and, and challenges him, rather than saying, "You know, let's see if we can get more and more people." You know, Jesus kind of thins out the crowds. Mm-hmm. He said, "If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, his wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, such a person cannot be my disciple." And whoever does not carry their own cross and thought, what in the world did that mean? They had no clue before yeah, they true. saw him. Yeah. Yeah, on a cross. That's so true. Yeah. Uh, but he is headed to Jerusalem, mm-hmm. and he's saying the path to Jerusalem is the path of a cross, and the path of discipleship, you know, is also, you know, a path, you know, a, a, of the cross. Yeah, I think we often want or desire a Jesus that doesn't allow us or cause us to suffer, or mm-hmm. to, to go through trials or difficulties, or we try to avoid that side of Jesus. But he makes it so clear here that that is obviously what is going to be part of our lives if we follow him yeah. so count the cost so mm-hmm. if you were you know, if you were a gentile and you became a jew there would be a ceremony uh, where they would say will you forsake your father and mother will you forsake and they're asking him to lead an old way of life and come into a new way of life mm-hmm. and so they can no longer be influenced by old influences and mm-hmm. jesus is saying the same thing to them said so you've often asked this of others to become one of you I'm asking this of you, you know, to follow me. And it's not obviously that you, you hate your father or your mother, or your wife, or your, your kids, or uh, any of those things. It's just your love for Jesus is so much greater mm-hmm. than, than, than any of these, that he, he, is, he is imminent, preeminent you know, in, in your life. Yeah, he does really touch just those areas of our heart, you know, relationships that we might put, you know, above him or before him, you know, possessions, just all those kinds of things. Got a field, got an ox, yeah. just got yeah. married. New yeah. car, new house. Yeah. I'm busy. Jesus, yeah. I'll find you later. And of course, mm-hmm. this is a parable of the, you know, the soils that we begin with, you know, the, 
uh, the deceitfulness of riches and the worries of this world yeah. kept them you know, from growing and producing fruit. Mm-hmm. Heavenly Father, what a hard invitation, but what a glorious Savior. We mm-hmm. thank you that uh, you've not only asked us to walk away from things in this world that hold our affections, but to set our affections on you. And how marvelous you are, how beautiful you are. What a great gift you've given us. Amen. Amen.